Hello and welcome back to Jake's World, episode 46 of Jake's World, presented by the Nuance Magazine. I'm your host, Jake Sawinski, and today is Tuesday, November 24th. I am exhausted. (laughs) I want to talk about productivity a little bit before we get into the pretty heavy sports content of today's show. Um, I took a couple of vacation days, you know, kind of weird. Uh, It's a weird week for most people working, right? Um, Thursday, it's Thanksgiving, Friday, it's Black Friday. If you work Black Friday and you're not like in a, a health, you're not a healthcare worker or, you know, you're in college and you work like a retail job or a fast food job or something like that, quit your job. You should never have to work the day after Thanksgiving. That's just heinous, right? But um, it's kind of weird. I had like one day short of PTO to take off this whole week. So I picked Wednesday so I could stay in Madison a couple of days longer. But um, productivity. It's a little weird, right? Well, you're probably thinking, no, it's not. You have to be productive. Well, that's kind of what I'm getting at. It's like, in America at least, it's kind of ingrained in our minds that we have to have activity to be productive, right? And it's kind of why I feel so tired. It's weird because we have this cultural thing where... It's go, go, go. You got to grind. You got to hustle. You got to work hard, right? And we neglect the rest time that's so important to us, right? Now, some people might say, oh, it's because we work a 40-hour work week. We sh- that's not always necessary. And I'm not going to say that because everyone has 24 hours in a day. And working eight of them, it's structure, Right? It's plenty of time allotted from your day that you could be doing something else, but what else would you be doing? So I'm not going to say that, you know, the traditional 40-hour work week is the culprit because you have 16 other hours in the day. That's plenty. Oh, but you have to sleep eight. Well, okay, eight extra hours is plenty. But what I do want to say, it's almost like we feel guilty when we take our time off, right? Most people, if you don't go on a vacation or, you know, have plans, it's kind of hard to have plans right now. You're not even really supposed to gather for Thanksgiving or Christmas, even though I'm assuming most people are. For me, it's a little weird because I live at home anyway, so um, I'll be at home. What's the difference? But anywho, it's just... It's weird that uh, we almost feel guilty that we have to take time for ourselves just because we fall out of rhythm with what we normally do. You wake up at the same time. You get to work at the same time. You leave work at the same time. You do the same thing after work, and it's a cycle. You fall into that cycle, that rhythm. It's supposed to be, you know, routine. Everything the same day, every day. And it's so weird how it's like your body falls out of rhythm so quickly when you get away from that. And it's almost like you feel different. 
Like, I wanted to take Friday evening, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday for myself and just kind of relax, right? Kind of catch up on sleep, slay around, vegetable out. And I'm exhausted. I'm like more tired now than I was on Friday. And it's so weird because I've been sleeping more too. And it just goes to show how quickly our bodies need or how quickly they reject any change of routine so i mean i'm not really complaining it's just like think about that right and go about your life like that i guess i don't know it's like it's just weird it's weird how the there's the park street traffic it's weird how your body gets so accustomed to a routine subconsciously and then you do anything to deviate from that it's like your body's like no 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 back to work back to work I don't know if that's just the way our society is if our, or if we're just creatures of habit. But I just wanted to share that a little bit. I mean, I'm, I know I'm not the only one who feels that way. But it's almost like we're trained to be productive without the inactivity. We're trained to, you know, it has to be active production instead of passive production. Because being inactive is productive too when you get your rest and you catch up and you get away from everything. But... I just wanted to share that. Um, the election results. It's kind of important because I think it's a healthy step forward for the country and the transition of power. Uh, Trump came out and his cabinet finally acknowledged the need for the transition of one presidency to another. I mean, the three months from the election to inauguration aren't just nothing months. They are in public, but on the back end, there's a lot of things going on, especially when you have one presidency transitioning to another. Um, it's not going to be business as usual when a new president is coming in. And that president, the incoming president, needs to be acclimated with everything that's going on currently because they don't know everything that's going on currently. There's a lot of things in the government that are classified and strategies need to be realigned or you know new plans set forth and it's good it's good that at least trump acknowledged the fact that yeah we're gonna work with the incoming biden cabinet to transition he's still not giving up the lawsuit thing though even though i think it's done now i mean every battleground state seems to be um, certifying their election results and (laughs) I guess we'll see still. I mean, Trump keeps saying, it. oh, I've America first. Um, we're going to show the fraud. I don't know. It's, I think he's just trying to stay relevant at this point. But it's 2020, right? Yeah, anything can happen. <laughs> but um, one more thing before we get into the sports. I am looking to do interviews, especially in 2021. Now, I mean, I'm not going to be able to pull famous people on here, of course, because just, I'm just a Joe Schmo. Um, but hearing someone else's voice, I think, is super important. It's something I've wanted to do. I just have kind of been slacking on getting that ball rolling. And that's something I would like to reiterate. Um, just hearing different topics, hearing different point of views, different perspectives, um, just a change of pace even. I'm sure people get sick of hearing my voice. I get sick of hearing just my voice. And I feel like I talk about the same things a lot. It is my world, of course. But I think 
that would be refreshing. So, I mean, if you're a listener and you want to talk, let's do it. I mean, anything. It's not that hard. You just have to do it. I would like that. I'd like a change of pace. So reach out if you do want to shoot the shit, I guess. So let's get into those sports. Um, a little bit more on the NBA side this week. It's a pretty hectic week with uh, the draft and trades and free agent signings. But NFL, um, my Packers lost. They choked away a game. That made me sad. And it was for all the reasons I said in the second half. Got to stop the run. They didn't stop the run. Defense didn't get the stop they needed to when they needed it. Costly fumble in overtime. Young wide receiver makes a mistake. Turns up the ball in field goal territory, and the other team wins. And It's a shame because you were in the driver's seat the whole game. But something that did come out of that, um, and this isn't the first time. It won't be the last time either. Um, Valdez Scantling is a wide receiver who fumbled the football and had a costly turnover at the end of the game. And naturally, Twitter is a pretty ruthless place. And he said that he got death threats from the aftermath of the game. Now, you're probably thinking, well, it happens all the time. Twitter's a pretty wild place, and people just go on there and say what they want because it's easy to. You don't have to say that to someone else's face, and 99% of the time, you wouldn't say that to someone else's face. But it's pretty crazy how everybody is so in tune nowadays with being politically correct, right? PC culture, don't be overtly offensive or... Don't um, don't be rude or mean or demeaning for no reason. Treat other people how you want to be treated. We're so in tune with that now with our political climate, cultural climate, social climate, everything, right? That's kind of the first things on our mind, like with, you know, the hurdles we've had racially as a society, the hurdles we've had with um, gender identity in this society. You'd think we'd be a little more in tune with that especially when it comes to high-profile people. And there is still a gap there. And it's like the Internet will always be a place of trolls. It will always be a place where people can get away with things because there's no consequences for it most of the time. It's, I don't know, it's just weird to me that it seems like everybody is so heightened to these things when it involves them. But then they see their favorite sports player on TV and they shoot out something on Twitter and all that goes by the wayside. It's selfish, really. And I don't know. It's like you can't have them both, right? You can't complain when the same thing gets done to you, but then you go out and you treat other people the same way that you say you don't want to be treated. And it applies to everybody, too. So, I mean, that, that just makes you sad because it's like at the end of the day, it's just a game. It's their job, yeah. They make lots of money doing it, but... You think he really wanted to go out there and fuck up? Like, come on. Come on. Just be better. But Injuries, too. Joe Burrow tore his ACL, MCL. <clears throat> Weird. Um, at least it was a contact play, I guess. It sucks when you see a guy make a cut and he blows out his knee. But 
kind of shitty because he was definitely a rising star in the league, uh, probably on pace to be the offensive rookie of the year, and then that happens. And I mean, the Bengals didn't have much to play for anyways. They were terrible. I mean, it just sucks to see another guy go down. Another guy who's fun to watch, too. Like He's got character. He's got swagger. And it's not like you want guys who are um, zombies or, you know, just dry as shit to get hurt. You don't want anybody to get hurt. But it sucks when you, like, us as fans, it's kind of weird. Like, we build these connections with likable people, and it really sucks when the likable person gets hurt. But Bengals are bad. But, I mean, let's just recap the league all around, like usual. Um, Derrick Henry's so fucking he is so goddamn good. And we're getting into Derrick Henry overtime of the season. Like, he excels week 11, week 12, and onward just because everyone else is getting tired, and he's a big boy. He's not getting tired. He had a day. The Ravens lost again. Um, J.K. Dobbins and Mark Ingram, the running backs, got COVID. They tested positive. They're playing the Steelers uh, Thanksgiving. They're not going to win. They have some problems for a couple weeks. They had problems before. If they can't run the ball, they stink. Lamar Jackson. um, We got into a little debate in our group chat. Well, me and another person. But um, I don't think Lamar Jackson is that good. I know he won the MVP last year, and he kind of took the league over last year. But last year's last year. And, yeah, he won the MVP but he has a serious flaw in his game, and that's his ability to throw the ball down the field. He can't with no accuracy. Given he's playing with a weird offensive line, they don't pass protect well, but they're capable. They run the ball like crazy, and a lot of that is due to his athleticism. But if you play in the NFL and you're a quarterback, you have to be able to pass the ball at the end of the day, and he can't. So, I mean, time will tell. I mean... Is he better than guys like Cam Newton or um, Michael Vick? Definitely not Michael Vick. Could be better than Cam Newton because Cam Newton's having the same type of problems. He has the inability to throw the ball. But he's proven he has been able to throw the ball years ago. Time will tell. I mean, those mobile guys struggle if they can't throw. Me and Tua had the same thing couple weeks ago. I said don't start rookie quarterbacks. Matt, uh, they Miami benched Fitzpatrick. They looked terrible on Sunday. They lost to a really bad Broncos team. Um, we'll see. I mean, we'll just see how that goes. I, the Steelers are going to run away with the division. I'm assuming they have it locked in already. But um, what else happened? Taysom Hill. <laughs> the, the, Another argument we had in our group chat. Uh, I was able to take advantage of Taysom Hill playing at the tight end spot this week in fantasy football. I still lost. I lost by 40. My tight end had 20. He had 26 in our league. So, I mean, it really didn't make that big of a difference. But I'm sick of hearing everyone complaining about it because, oh, it's unfair. Well, the people who drafted him didn't make the fucking rules. And why wouldn't you take advantage of it? So, if you're the one complaining about it, shut up. Jesus. Um... Trying to think. I had a lot to complain about last Sunday just because all the slates sucked, but this week it was a little better. 
Actually, no, it was a lot better. All the games were close, it seemed like. Um, the 3 o'clock slate was incredible. Vikings-Cowboys was super close. The Vikings lost. I mean, it was a bad, terrible call at the end of the game. I think FanDuel, like, reimbursed anyone who bet on the game just because the call was so egregious for offensive pass interference at the end of the game. But um, at least it was entertaining. I mean, I think both games were, like, 31-28 to 28 going into the fourth quarter couple of overtimes um like even the philly and cleveland was even close like those are two i mean cleveland six and three or six and four but they're not good or they can't be six they had a, they think they had a bye yeah they could be six and four i think they are six and four they're not good i mean they play a cupcake schedule they're not that good but um at least that game was entertaining um, who else played at noon? The Lions sucked. That was we didn't really watch any of that. Um, Saints Falcons. The Falcons stink. I don't know how they can't move the ball whatsoever. It's like Matt Ryan has either all the time in the world or no time to even make a handoff. Um, the Falcons have a lot of issues on the defensive end and their offensive line, but that's no news to anybody. Um. Ravens, Titans, of course. I already talked about that. That was a very good game. Uh, Chiefs, Raiders, Sunday night. That was a shootout, it seemed like. Derek Carr and the Raiders look really good. Josh Jacobs is a stud. He can run the ball. But, um, I mean, it was a much more satisfying slate of games, that's for damn sure. Then last night was Buccaneers and Rams. Rams are good. Rams are really good. The Buccaneers, they have some issues, and I think that issue is Tom Brady. Tom Brady looked bad, right? And he's the guy who gets a pass, I feel like, in the media, just because, oh, he's the greatest of all time. He won six rings. He looks bad, and I don't care who you are, and you can defend him all you want. He looks bad. You can do your dump-down passes for, you know, six, eight yards at a time, and then he unintentionally stuffs the stat sheet. But if you look at him throw the ball down the field, he never makes a completion. Or he throws a pick. I mean, given that defense is really good. But, I mean, you have a defense in the Saints the week before last who they're spotty. I mean, they're talented. They got guys up front. And their secondary likes to show up sometimes. They're talented. And some weeks they scheme it out. Some weeks they don't. But Brady looked bad that game, too. It's, it's just, I don't know. They seem to be one of the favorites in the NFC, and I don't think they're going anywhere. They can't even beat the Saints. The NFC's been beating up on each other, right? I mean, Packers beat the Saints. Saints beat the Packers. Pan, um, I think the Pan. No, they didn't split. Um, Vikings beat the Bears. Vikings beat the Packers. Cowboys beat the Vikings. It's all over the place in the NFC. But at least in the AFC, you know, there's two really good teams, and the Super Bowl's probably going to be played before the Super Bowl. But, I mean, it's anyone's it's anyone's division, really. I mean, Seahawks have problems. Cardinals have problems. The Rams have problems sometimes, and it's usually on the offensive side of the ball. Um... I mean, the Rams and the Saints are your favorites probably right now. I mean, one's 8-2, one's 
Green Bay 7-3 have talked about their problems a lot. But fucking sirens, be quiet. Stop dying out there. It's not even, there's not even snow anymore. I'll melt it. Anyways, okay. But um, it's a lot of football this week. Oh, and before I go away from football, fuck Wisconsin. Oh, my God. Ugh, classic Wisconsin. It's every single year. They get a little bit of hype before the season. Oh, this team's going to be good. They always are. They're always a good team. But every fucking year, they hit a speed bump. And it's always like a speed bump in mid-daylight. Right? Okay, imagine you're driving down the street in winter. And there's a fucking iceberg in broad daylight in the middle of the street. And Wisconsin loves to run right into it. It's like the Titanic, except it's broad daylight and iceberg dead ahead. Let's just run right into it. That's what they do every week. I can probably tell you every huge loss since I've been in college. Because, I mean, I wasn't huge into college football. I mean, Wisconsin was good. They lost to Oregon in the Rose Bowl like every fucking year before I got to college. They stunk freshman year. Or they didn't stink, but... And they, they were a 500-team freshman year with Joel Stabby, what a bum. But then the next year, we do the Bart Simpson Hornerbrook experience. That worked out great. We beat LSU at Lambeau Field. We get a couple of big wins. And sophomore year, I don't even – I can't tell you who they lost to that year, but it was I'm assuming it was someone stupid. Um, yeah, they beat – I'm trying to think. Maybe they didn't lose a dumb one freshman year. They just lost – Oh, they lost to Penn State in the championship game. That's what it was. They blew that game. Okay, the next year, they lose to, I think it was fucking Northwestern again. Then the year after that, they lose to BYU. Then last year, they lose to Illinois. And then this year, they lost to Northwestern again. They'll win out. They're probably not going to get a, get to the Big Ten championship game this year because they won't have they they're not going to play enough games. I mean, given a miracle that Northwestern and I think Iowa's lost two, they're probably out of it. It's, it's Northwestern. Northwestern needs to lose two games in order for Wisconsin to even make it to the Big Ten championship game, and they're not going to beat Ohio State. Ohio State's going to be in the playoff again <sighs> every fucking year. So stupid. Like, just show up every game. Show up every game. At least give yourself a chance. And every year the fans are like, why don't we get enough hype? You know, Alabama and Notre Notre Dame's ranked every year. Why do they get so much hype? They don't even play in the ACC. They don't even play in the conference. Well, they are this year. They're rolling through teams like they should. It's the same thing with Wisconsin every year. Let's just lose a game we shouldn't and then wonder why that we don't get any respect out of the media. Because you don't deserve it. They know, oh, they're not going to win. There's always one game they're going to lose, and now they're totally out of the picture. It's just frustrating. I mean, if any sport has an asterisk on it this year, it's it's college football. But still. You're even playing in Evanston, I know, but three, five, yeah, I mean, the refs didn't help, but you can't blame the officials when you throw three fucking interceptions and expect to win. Stupid, but 
Okay, that's enough of that. NBA. I don't know who is evaluating all of these contracts when they've signed free agents, but it's crazy. Let's run through it. Anthony Davis is. I'm looking at the CBS Sports article because they were the one that actually had updated signings with all of the restricted and unrestricted free agents from the 2020 class. Anthony Davis declined his $50 million option with the Lakers. He probably just wants a long-term deal. He's not going anywhere. So we won't even talk about him. Brandon Ingram signs a five-year, $158 million deal with New Orleans, the Pelicans. He's really good. He deserves that money. That's kind of what I'm going to get into. Where do these teams, how do these teams evaluate who deserves what? Is it just based on the cap, the cap space they have? Is it just determined on actuary formulas or analytics? Or are they just giving away money? Because some of these guys in this this list are not worth what they are getting paid. Fred, Ram, Fred Van Vliet agrees to a four-year, $85 million deal with the Raptors. Van Vliet's good. He proved that in their finals run in 2019. Is he $20 million a year good? Maybe. Just maybe. There's money to be had. I'd say you could pay him $60, $70 million. Three years? Maybe. I mean, he's good. I was pretty critical of it early, but thinking about it, eh, maybe it's worth it. Now, if it was three, definitely not 80. He's not 25, 30 million a year, but 20? What is it, the math there? 21.5? No, 20.75? Yeah, he might be worth that. With the team he's on, I think that would be okay. Gordon Hayward, four years, $120 million. He's probably worth that, too. I mean, he had that gruesome leg injury. He missed the season 2018. Um, a lot of ball to be had there with Tatum and Brown. And was Kyrie Irving. I mean, Gordon Hayward's pretty damn good. He was damn good in Utah. But, I mean, he's not going to... He's probably worth $20 million a year, 25 I think 30 is a stretch for him. Bogdan Banyanovic, four-year, $72 million offer sheet from the Hawks. Kings have the opportunity to match. NHL does the offer sheet thing, too, where another team can like bid for that player. And if the Kings don't match that offer, the Hawks get that offer. Bogdan Banyanovic, I don't think, is worth even $18 million a year. He's probably worth 12 and the Hawks are building a nice little squad there. A Trey Young, if the Hawks get that offer sheet, Bogdan Banyanovic, Rajon Rondo. I don't know. I, that seems a little high to me. Don't know who Christian Wood is. I probably should. Joe Harris, four years, $75 million. Joe Harris is pretty good. This is the one that got me. Daniel, Daniel uh, the Italian guy, Daniel Gallinari. Three years, 61. Gallinari is not worth $20 million a year. He's probably not even worth 10. The guy's a journeyman. Last time I checked, unless I'm so out of touch with the NBA that he's worth $20 million a year, scoring 15 to 20 points a game shouldn't get you $20 million. It shouldn't. 
Goran Dragic, two year, 37.4. Okay, see that? Jeremy Grant, three year, $60 million deal. Okay. Davis Bertans, five years, $80 million. Okay, that's 16 years, not terrible. Montreal Harris, two years, $19 million deal. Okay. Marcus Morris, four years, 64. Marcus Morris is not worth 25, 20 million or 16 million a year. No, absolutely not. Serge Ibaka, two years, 19. Okay. That's kind of small, actually. Marcus Hall, two years, 5.3. Okay. If Marcus Morris is getting four years and $64 million, there's no way in hell Marcus Saul at age 35 should be getting $2.5 million a year. Marcus Hall is 35, but he's an all-pro center. Come on. That's what I'm getting at. These numbers. Contavious Caldwell-Pope, three years, $40 million. That one, That contract's not bad, but it's absurd when you compare it to Marcus Hall. Even at 27, Marcus Hall gives you... Or KCP is 27. Marcus Hall is going to give you more on that team. With Anthony Davis in the lineup, probably not. But still, I mean, he's probably going to start at the four. Um, just Paul Millsap, one year, ten million. Paul Millsap's at the end of his career. That's fine. Malik Beasley, four for sixty. Um, Aaron Baines, two years, fourteen. Okay, that was a center on the Suns last year. Yeah, he played on the Celtics a couple years ago. Tristan Thompson, two for nineteen. Jay Crowder, three for thirty. Justin Holiday, three for eighteen. Derek Favors, three for twenty-seven. That guy's not worth that. Well, I mean, comparatively he is, but he doesn't give you that much. Um, Hernan Gomez, 3 for 21. That guy stinks. He's not worth that. Kent Bazemore, 2.3. On a single-year deal. Dario Saric, 3 for 27. Jordan Clarkson, 4 for 52. Jordan Clarkson, come on. Yeah, I guess you have to have the money. Derek Jones Jr., 2 for 19. Wesley Matthews, 1 for 3.6. Rajon Rondo, 2 for 15. I'm just trying to see some of these uh, higher profile names. Um, Alfred Payton, five year or one year, five million dollars. Um, Avery Bradley, two for eleven point six. Trey Burke, three year deal. Blah blah blah. There's a lot. Sorry, I'm just trying to peruse these real quick. Um, Mason Plumley, three for twenty five. I guess. Dwight Howard, 2.6. Garrett Temple, 5-year deal. Mello signed a new deal. I think it's like $10 million. Number's not on here. Um, there's one more big name I'm looking for. And I think that name is Michael Beasley. I'm not sure if it's going to be on here, though. Because I don't even think he was in the league last year. Um, almost through it. I know I'm umming and awing a lot, but... I did not see that name. But let's look at Michael Beasley real quick because I think he did sign a contract unless I am totally out of my mind. Um, current team, Nets. Um, I might be losing my mind. Sorry. I apologize. Um... Yeah, I'm losing my mind. Not Michael Beasley. But um, it's crazy that some of these guys are getting this money. And this isn't a great free agent class either. I mean, it's super top-heavy. But, um, like, come on. <laughs> I 
are you kidding me? For some of these guys, it's like... It's like residual money. It's almost like the brand of the big guys are giving you paychecks. I mean, who am I to say that they don't earn... They don't deserve that money, but it's just... Some of it's bonkers to me. Like, Jordan Clarkson worth, what, $18 million a year? Come on, he's not. I'd rather pay Joe Ingles. At least he's cool. And he's a lefty. Lefties are fucking cool. All right. Now, reloaded teams and not-so-reloaded teams. Who won all of this free agent mania or the draft or trades? Who won? Lakers. The Lakers. <laughs> you get Marcus All on a very, very team friendly deal. Montreal Harris. He le- he left town. Sort of. Just flipped teams. You got LeBron, Anthony Davis, probably. Almost certainly. KCP. Um, I think they kept Dwight Howard, too. He might have left, though. I'm not sure. Um, I think Kuzma's there still. You have, and Caruso, you have all those guys. And they got better. You've They found a way to get better this season. And that's so something that winning teams have to do, especially in today's no-loyalty NBA climate. Teams that win often don't get better. Look at the Raptors. They won the title in 2019. Kawhi Leonard immediately leaves town. Pelicans. They got a load better. Um, signed Ingram to a big deal. They got a few key names that I just mentioned. They're going to be good. Maybe not this year, but next year. They're going to be really good. I mean, it's a deep west. I mean, you're definitely going to have the Lakers, the Clippers. The Nuggets. The Jazz are always in the mix. Oh, they got Steve Adams. That's who I was thinking of. Um, Steve Adams and Zion Williamson. Jesus. It's going to be hard to score in the paint. The Suns. They're probably going to be up there. The Rockets are toast. And then there's the Pelicans. They're right in the mix. Um, and then I want to focus on the not-so-reloaded teams. Boston. You lose Gordon Hayward. You get, um, they had a big signing in there, a couple trades, but I don't know. I think they lost Horford. I think, did Horford leave? I'm not sure. Horford's been gone. What am I thinking? Um, they're not, I think their window closed. I mean, they got a lot of young talent. They're going to be really good on that end. And, you know, when you look at that perspective, right? Jason uh, Tatum, Jalen Brown, those guys are going to be really good. But if you're not vying big free agent names, I don't know. Like, I I don't uh, – Tatum's going to be a superstar. Brown's pretty damn good, too. I don't know if he's going to be, like, a number one on any team. But if you're not getting those big key free agent signings, like you're not going to succeed. And especially with the Nets loading up, the Heat are really good. They signed Bam to a big contract extension. Um, and the Sixers are always in the mix, even though they're a soft team. you got to get those big names. And if you don't, 
there you're just not gonna you're not gonna make it i mean it it seems like every year the winner's out of the west i mean it has been 2016 and 2019 otherwise it's been a west in the west or lebron when he was with miami or the spurs i mean it can either it's going to be one of the two of course but it's like it just seems like the better teams are always in the west so weather play a factor into that um warmer. It doesn't snow out in California or Arizona or Texas for the most part. It's like, do you get high, high speak Jake. Do you get more high profile signings out there? Arizona, Texas, no state income tax. I mean, those are things to consider. I don't know if Texas has state income tax. Florida doesn't. Arizona doesn't. I'm not sure about Texas so. Um, Golden State. They lost Clay Thompson. An Achilles injury in a workout that stinks because I think they could have won the finals this year if he was healthy. They got their big man and Wiseman out of the draft. Got Steph coming back, Clay coming back, um, Draymond, and they always seem to find a glue guy to play that three. It was Iguodala for a long time, and it was Durant. Durant's not a glue guy, but. <laughs> Stinks because I think they could have won the title again. Then the Clippers. Something's got to be going on with the Clippers. I don't know if it's a locker room thing or a Steve Ballmer thing or what, but that Paul George trade or signing didn't work. Kawhi Leonard's Kawhi Leonard. Montrell Harris leaves. He was your key six man, big guy. I think he was a six. I think he, no, no, it was Lou Williams was a six man. I think Montreal Harris started at the four. Whatever, but I mean, get the point. What's going on? It's like the it's so weird. The Clippers looked really poised to win the finals last year, and it's like it fell apart. They didn't give them a chance. Why wouldn't you offer your? I don't know. I I'm from the camp. It's like you have you assemble a team, and. You kind of choke that away, and you blow a 3-1 lead to the Nuggets. Don't you want to try to run it back once? They didn't get better. I don't think they signed anybody big for the most part. It's like, I don't know. I mean, it could be, um, it could be the case of I'm an idiot and I can't read, and I've missed all these huge free agent signings, but I don't think I did. I mean, there were a select few teams that got much better. The Lakers and the Pelicans, in my eyes, that got significantly better. And then there are a lot of teams that didn't do anything or got worse. Not significantly worse. I mean, the Clippers are still going to be in the mix. I mean, I'd put them probably at four or five seed at the worst. But you got to get better every year. And it's like every, the NBA is so in the... Everyone's so in the mix about how there's no loyalty and guys jump ship all the time and they chase rings. and It's like, well, you got to buy into that. You can't be on the sidelines if you are in a position to contend. You have to go all the way. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. But I think, I think the Clippers are different because they had all the pieces they need and it didn't work. Don't give up on it after one season. I mean... 
Look at the Rockets. They pretty much shot themselves in the foot trying to get there. They couldn't get over it. Now they have to restart. That's been three, four years now. Now is the time, okay, it didn't work. It's not going to work. It's time to move on. The Clippers just became relevant again in the last two, three years. After a brief hiatus because, I mean, they were really good in their late aughts, early teens with Blake Griffin and Chris Paul and DeAndre Jordan. But all three of those guys are gone. They have been gone. And then you just get good again. And, yeah, you can build the rest of that around Kawhi Leonard, Paul George maybe, but it's like you got to get things for them. And it's it's win now, it seems like, for those teams in the West because I don't think LeBron's going to go anywhere. I mean, he's getting better as he gets older. He could play into his 40s. He could be the Tom Brady or the Drew Brees of the NBA. He could be. But um, I don't know. Sorry if I did sound a little wacky today. I'm fucking exhausted. I don't know why I didn't do anything. I've been a vegetable all week. But I don't know. It's just kind of a kind of a weird time with just football going on and um, late starts for the NBA and NHL. Not a ton of sports to talk about right now, so I'm trying to do the best I can. So um, if you do have any segment ideas or you want to come on the show or you know somebody wants to come on the show or somebody I should reach out to, let me know. I want to make this better for everybody else, not just for me. But um, that concludes today's show. You can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and Snapchat at jakesawinski 8 That's at J-A-K-E-S-A-W-I-N-S-K-I-8. Have a good week. Have a good Thanksgiving. And please be safe, especially you dummy college kids out there. Can't control yourselves and you're always by people. And you don't need grandma to get COVID because... Uh, you need to do a Tinder hookup Saturday night before. So, that's it. Have a safe holiday. Peace. Oh, and watch a shit ton of football.